Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Put Me Your Podcast, episode 89. I am your host, Andrew Gomez, a.k.a. The Mez, joined today with my lovely, wonderful, beautiful co-host, to my right. He is the 10th one of the world, the puncher of walls, ticklish himself, Richard Garcia. Hey, hey, happy uh, happy New Year, everyone. The first episode of 2020, the first episode of the year, the first episode of the decade. Hey, you said it perfect, my friend. This is the New Year's episode of the Put Me Your Podcast, a new dawn. For the Put Me Where podcast, um, thank you guys so much for listening, downloading, telling your friends, telling your neighbors, telling your friends' neighbors. Uh, we got a lot to get into today, guys. Um, we got Wrestle Kingdom. Actually, we're going to save that for our YouTube channel. Go to our YouTube yes. channel, Put Me Where podcast at, at YouTube.com, and uh, we'll have full spoilers, reviews of the show, all that good stuff, because frankly, it's its own thing. Yeah, um, we're recording this on a Saturday afternoon, and... Um, Andrew, you pretty much got done with night one. I'm gonna. Um, I I watched about uh, half of the, half of night one. I'm gonna go ahead and catch up on it once we're done. Yeah. And then uh, tonight we're gonna tackle night two. And then I figure we figure that after we're done with uh, night two, we're gonna go and just do a full review on both both nights. Yeah, because I mean, night one was awesome. I mean, it was top to. I mean, I would say from about the fifth match on. I mean, without there's there's eight eight man tags in the beginning uh, that. You, not necessarily important, but they do factor into night two uh, with some of those matchups. But I mean, the the real main potatoes was going to be starting with the uh, the the Tongans versus um, Juice Robinson and David Dave Finley. Finley. Yeah. Um. So definitely, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. No spoilers here. But if you want some spoilers slash review, go to our YouTube channel at Put Me Your Podcast on YouTube for that. Um, and we'll try to get that up around the same time tomorrow as well. So around, expect it to drop on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we're going to try to focus more on like the YouTube aspect of this. We're going to try to focus more on just getting more content out this year. I think that's our re- New Year's resolution. I, I think we're going to, yeah. I mean, uh, there's more stuff out there. I think we should take, take advantage of this. And uh, for us this year, it uh, it was very lucky for us that it both fell on um, Saturday and Sunday for, uh, for Russell Keenum. So I figure... Since since I'm off, I I'm, I'm I'm off on weekends. Why not? Why not just uh, do a do a double duty this weekend? Double duty. Um, what's what's your New Year's resolution, Dick? Uh, as far as personal or wrestling? Oh, whatever. Whatever. I mean, yeah, we'll do a wrestling. Well, no, no, no. We'll do uh, we'll do that later on. We'll do like a uh, what we expect from 2020 in wrestling. Okay. But as far as like a New Year's resolution, you got anything special? Anything uh, anything happening? No, I mean, I guess just get back on track for me health-wise to uh, kind of be where I was at a few months ago. Um, that's really about it. Just uh, get back to how I was. I mean, I know it's the past couple of weeks of the holiday season, I kind of slacked off. Uh, don't get me wrong, I had fun, though. Uh, yeah. Ate a lot. Uh, definitely drank quite a bit, but it was fun. Um, nice little break. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you, too. I, I did pretty good at the beginning of the last year, and then I really kind of hit a wall and slacked off and gained back any weight that i did lose so my goal this year is to get uh get healthy like you said there you go um so i mean what are your guys resolutions let us know yeah definitely let us know um we got to get into the show but before we do that let's give it up to our sponsors let's give it up to our sponsors lapelya.com if you're in the market for some wrestling merchandise look no further go to lapelya.com use our promo code put me over and in turn that website will put you over and you get 20 percent off your entire order act fast because supplies are limited um 
also make sure you go on their Instagram because they're always doing some hot, cool shit. They're actually doing a, 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 a create your own pin contest right now. Oh, all right. Um, the winner will be featured at, on the Lapel Yeah store, and you'll get, uh, what, 50 free pins to sell on your own for whatever. Uh, really cool stuff. Really hyping up the community of professional wrestling. So big props to Jonathan and everyone out there. We're looking out, Jonathan. Uh, that's doing that stuff. Also make sure to go check out our friend at Grudge Match Brand Apparel on Instagram. Uh, they they open up the vault uh, for the Black Friday thing. Um, I'm pretty sure they're re-releasing the Liger shirt um, and the Kishin Liger shirt. So definitely go check that out because, as we know, this is uh, the farewell tour for Jushin Thunder Liger. So make sure you're, I mean, if you don't go buy the shirt, go go check out Wrestle Kingdom to watch the legend one more time. Um, but yeah, also you can go to our website, putmeover.com, for all your put, put me over merchandise, wants, and needs. Uh, get a shirt with my face on it. Get a shirt with Dick's face on it. You can get a shirt with both of our faces on it. And uh, tell your friends that you listen to this podcast, I guess. I don't know. Give us a follow, share, like, and help us out. Yeah, use our promo code Kofi Forever. That's the number four, Kofi Forever, for 20% off your orders there. Sorry, guys. I'm a little sick. I don't know if you could hear my voice. I'm not feeling a thousand percent. Um, I'm at. I'm at about... 200% right now. But there you go. We're going to keep the show rolling, guys. Let me just take a sip of the I think you're no-selling the flu, dude. You know, I'm going to no-sell that shit. Um, hopefully, I don't have the flu, dude. I don't, I don't. Have you ever had a flu shot? I have. I've never had a flu shot. I've never gotten the flu, I don't think. Um, but I feel like you get a flu shot and it gives you the flu, right? It, I don't think we have enough time to discuss as far <laughs> as like what, what, what the benefits and the disadvantages of having the flu shot are. Um I mean, I've had it, and I'm okay for the most part. Um, just It's just really more so taking good care of yourself than anything else, first and foremost. Yeah, you got to make sure you do that. Make sure you take care of number one. Um, but with that said, let's get into the news. Let's get into some Dick's Dirty News. What? Take it away, Dick. All right, dude. Uh, let's get into the non-flu uh, news. Basically, what we're here for, um, obviously, this week is do- dominated by uh, Russell Keenum, and we're going to talk more about that tomorrow. Um, so d- look forward to uh, the YouTube channel, and we're going to release uh, some um, some uh, bonus stuff. But um, non rest so non New Japan news. Um, this week, um, I'm for actually this week it was broken by. Um, I'm trying to think who broke it. It was uh, basically it was on Reddit. Basically, essentially what, what's been going on is that um, Lars Sullivan, our good friend Lars. Um, is back in the news, and uh, not for the reasons that he wants to be in the news. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it appears that uh, someone did do some um, back searching with uh, Lars Sullivan. They dug deep into his past, and apparently, he was he was he did a gay porn back in the day. Yeah, the internet will find out if you did anything. The internet will find out, which um, um, which is which is very funny, which is uh, which is very ironic, given that um, a few months ago, this over the past summer, as a matter of fact. It was revealed that Lars Sullivan had made some homophobic and um, sexist and racist comments on a bodybuilding forum years ago. Yeah, and that that's the problem. If he want, if he gay porn, fine, go go do you make right. some money, dude. But um, the fact that he came out and was so like the the hatred that was in in, the, in his speech and uh, you know the words he used, um, contrary to like what he was doing, you know, in his past, um, they don't really line up. Um, so I mean. Like I said, if if that's what you if that's what you, if that's your thing, I mean, by all means, go for it. You're not hurting anybody. But when you start uh, 
you know, bashing a community and uh, using language that he used, that's when people are going to find you hypocritical. And, you know, you might find yourself without a job. And and, and then on top of that, he's using... Um He's using it as a means to make a profit. I mean, to make to make money off. I mean, I get it. You know, back, you know, when you're coming up, you're trying to make money. You'll do what you can. I mean, in this situation, you, you do you do some gay porn to make a living. You know, that's that's we've all you, done some you, things you, we don't. Yeah, like. Yeah, you do some things you don't like. I, mean, I worked at Sam's Club for a little while. Exactly. There you it go. It sucked, but I had to make that money. You had to make that money. Um, but then at the same time, you don't want to go out there and you want you don't want to bash, um, an audience that you know that you profited from. And thinking and you're you're like almost almost ashamed of what happened, and I just thought that was just so like it, it's so contradictory of of himself right there. Yeah, and um, I think that's that's the the problem that you know he might have personally. Like he doesn't accept the fact that you know he is, or unless maybe I don't know. He seemed like he enjoyed it a little too much. So I mean, for those that watched it, what are you guys' opinions <laughs> on that? I I got about ten seconds of it, and that was enough for me to be like, all right, that's not for me, obviously. <laughs> um, but he uh he takes he receives um it's if that's your thing go 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 on ahead and take a look at that but it, w- it wasn't for me i'll just say that yeah um no, basically like as it comes down to is like if um is that he he went on a bash i don't now as far as the timeline goes i don't know if it was before or after he made those comments but essentially what i got out of it is you made the decision to go out there and do um do do some adult movies for a certain demographic that you don't necessarily like or you have a problem with based off yeah something they they can't control you're you're taking it, you're making money off of it and yet you're being hypocritical about it um, now as far as whether or not this is going to affect his push down the road i mean he's been out for a good portion of 2019 because of his knee yeah and you know i'm 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 pretty worried for the guy um, this sounds like something that you know could destroy someone that's not mentally uh, able to accept you know the, the right. stuff that's going to come back at him after after his you know remarks um and especially w- we heard about his anxiety that he had before his debut that stalled his push that he was getting um so i mean lars it's it's fine dude it's fine don't don't do anything rash but i'm i'm, I'm worried for the guy yeah we'll see what happens as far as his uh as far as his push in wb goes is it going to affect it I, I i don't know i mean i, I like i mean you can't really punish someone for for what they. I mean, I guess you can punish I mean, someone for that, but that would be. Um, you can't punish them for doing gay porn. I mean, that's just it, it happened. It happened. I don't know how they feel now. Um, it's kind of like if he were to get fired because of that, would I mean he might he might get WD might get into criticism from uh, the LGBT community over that. I think it's more of a thing where you know he's fucked up too many times. Like right. this might be the the, th- the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, but you know, we'll see. The thing is, like, Xbox did did porn with China, right? China got in the Hall of Fame. So did he and, twice, and so did he. But it took a long time for for them to accept that. And you know, Triple H is like, when the question came up all the time, Triple H was like, um, you know, if people, if my if my kids go out and search the word China and they find all this stuff about her. Um, so I mean, right now, if you search Lars Sullivan, that's gonna thank come you. Up. That's actually a perfect analogy right there because. Um, Triple H, for the longest time, did make that argument as far as why China did not go in the Hall of Fame. Yep. And China's not the only one. Uh, Sunny as well went into the Hall of Fame. Yep. She went into the Hall of Fame, and then it was revealed after, I believe it was after she got inducted, that she went and did porn. Yeah, after the fact, she went out and did that. Um, so and I she mean, didn't make it a secret out of it either. No, I mean, you could probably still buy her Patreon or whatever. Um, 
she does for that. Um, but you know, it's unfortunate that you know you got caught, you got busted. Um, uh, but live your life, man. Be free. You know, you got caught, and then you also you got caught because of the shit you said. It's more the shit he said. Yeah, that that's what it, what it what it what it drives down to. Yeah. So I mean, Lars, be well. Take care. Uh, what else? So we we're going from gay porn to engagements. Gay porn and engagements. We're 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 we reach all audiences. We're trying to reach every single audience, <laughs> every single demographic right here, folks. Um, so over over the holiday, it, it was announced uh, that Andrade and Charlotte did they announce their engagement. Um, good for them. Congratulations. They're not actually not the only ones as well. So it turns out that Nikki Bell is also getting engaged to John Cena. Not to John Cena. Uh, that, I mean that cool. dude from Dancing from the Stars, or she's been dating after uh, she broke up with John Cena. Oh, the the rebound guy. The rebound guy. Hey, she just wanted to get married, huh? I think so. Imagine. <laughs> um, so I mean, I mean, congratulations congrats. on on all, on all fronts. On all, I mean, all, all, all joking aside, uh, but you know. Love is love, and we're all here for it. Um, congratulations, I guess. Um, I don't really, I don't really have a lot to say about I that. I mean, it, it just goes to show you that basically Raw is a couple's division if you think about it, because you, you got um, you got Becky and Seth announced their engagement last year, uh-huh. a little bit before was it before WrestleMania, or was it after WrestleMania? I think it was after. It was after WrestleMania. Um, Zelina and um, Alistair, Alistair Black married. They got married last year. And now Andrade and Charlotte are announcing their engagement. They're ready to be uh, married. I mean, basically, like all the couples are on Raw. Uh, um, is Sarah Logan on Raw? That's a good question. Because her her husband is uh, Ivar, Say, one of the Viking Raiders. Eric Rowe. I mean, um, not Eric Rowan. <laughs> Eric um, Rowe. Raymond yeah. Rowe, which is Ro- Rowan. No, no. Um, <laughs> Raven Rowe is um is is the not the fat one. It's it's Eric. Eric and Ivar. Eric Eric is uh yes. It's Eric, the bald guy. The bald guy, yeah. Uh, not the balding guy, but not, the bald not, guy. Yeah, not not him. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's cool. That I mean, you spend enough time on the road with people, you you get to love them, you know. Um, uh, and congratulations for those that find love, you know, where they work. That's cool. Yeah, Lana and Rusev. Hopefully, your marriage uh, lasts. Yeah, it's. We're gonna get into all that. We're gonna have to. We got <laughs> and we, you and I have a lot to say about that segment on yeah. Raw. So that's gonna be something that I have. I you know what? I feel like we should probably get into Raw right now. As a matter of fact, well, let's talk about the ratings. Did we see any ratings shifts this week? Because AEW was on, right? They were off last week, and now NXT kind of had a clip show. Um, did that affect the ratings at all? It, it did. I, I was gonna actually save it for um, at the end of each segment if you want to do that, or we're just going to it right now. Yeah, we're already talking okay, about. We'll it. talk about. It. So. Um, this past week, it, let, let me let's start off with Raw first. Uh, just just off the bat, it did actually increase from last week, in which last week was one of the lowest rated shows of all time. Eey. And it just seems like every show is just going to be like the lowest rated show, and it just goes to show you how low can it go. But it, it did bounce back this week, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of the wedding, which is crazy to think of because that I feel like they saved that segment for the the worst segment of the year. For the last segment of the year, they did, um, and, I, and I still think I still think it's the worst segment of 2019, the worst storyline of 2019 by easily, far. Easily, easily, um, and it only it only got another wrinkle in it. So I mean, we'll save that for a little bit. Um, how did AEW NXT do? Well, essentially, AEW did. They had 967,000 viewers. NXT 548. Um, the way I look at it is, the past couple weeks, you could throw the numbers out. They don't really they don't really mean anything. Yeah. NXT, I, I honestly, I turned it on, saw that they were doing a clip show, and I turned it off. That was it. That was basically their year in review show, so it was a throwaway show for them. 
Um, AEW, they did take advantage of it. They did bounce back. They did Almost draw a million. close to a million viewers. So um, if I think the one thing you could say about it is this talk about like, oh, AEW is dying or AEW is in decline. It, people are just quick to jump the gun and... Oh, AEW's been dead. According to Byron, they're they're dead. And and, and it's not just on the AEW side. It's also on the NXT side as well. It goes both ways. We're like, we're we're these hardcore fans on one side. They see a show declining or they see a show that's not doing as well or they get beat. Automatically, they're they're quick to jump the gun and say, well, they're dead. They're not going to be able to recover after that. Um, I see it a lot more on the AEW side as far as hearing, like, whenever there's a bad AEW show, it's done. Oh, yeah. I mean... They're not all going to be winners, guys. Um, I I feel like AW hyped themselves up pretty good. Where we were going, we set a high expectation for them. But you got to understand, they're less than a year old. They're still growing. They're still learning things. Mm-hmm. I feel like they got most of the audio issues out of the way this week, um, which was I thought, a huge yeah, jump. I, I agree. I agree as well. Like I, there were hardly any uh, glaring concerns about production about, about the show this yeah. week. I thought this was probably the strongest. Probably one of the strongest AEW shows Ooh, in a while. Yeah. yeah, this was a really good. So one. they they really did a good job. Um, and then you consider the fact that NXT is really like stacking their cards and you know putting on basically takeovers every week um, for free, where AEW is kind of saving things and building long longer stories. Um, but as far as both shows go, like I mean, they're both they're both great. They're both doing very well at the moment. Um, AEW, I think, is exactly where they want to be. Yeah. Some even said they're that above they, where they want to be above because in the beginning they projected half a million uh, viewers. They went ahead and they exceeded it on the first show by doing close to one and one point five million. I mean, yes, they're dropping each week, and this week they did rebound. Well, now are they going to drop? Hard. Are they going to they drop? Or are they going to rebound? I mean, I don't I don't see it as like the the steady decline. I think they're fine the way they are right now as long as um, I think they put on this put on a good quality show each week. They'll be fine. NXT will be fine as well. Um, NXT to me is just essentially they're just they're, they're there to not let AEW grow. Pretty much. That's what yeah. I, that's how I see it. That's how I've always seen it um, for NXT. It, we'll, we'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens on so next week. I think it's going to be um, like the, the war is going to go back, and you know we'll see if it's close. If AEW did gain momentum over this break, or maybe it was just a fluke. I mean, we'll see though. But um, I don't think it was a fluke at all. I think this is probably going to be like. It's going to get close. Every week's going to be close back to back. I could see going uh, switching off each week. Well, AEW definitely took advantage of the fact that NXT wasn't going to be around. They, right. they, they had a sacked card this week. Just um, just like how last week NXT took advantage of yeah, AEW exactly. not being on the show. Um, so and next week is going to be a big show. And for, for an AEW, they're running a Legends of Memphis show, right? Correct. Um, what What's that about? Essentially, they're going to do a, a tribute to all the wrestlers that were involved in the Memphis wrestling scene. Um, minus Jerry Lawler. Minus Jerry Lawler for obvious reasons. Uh, Jerry Lawler is contractually obligated to WWE, so of course he can't show up. You think they'll mention the King? I think so. I think they, they'll they have to. I think the I think Jr. will mention the King. Um, Jr. Just, for sure will. Yeah, Jr. Right. will. I, I I could totally see that happening. Um, how can you not mention Jerry Lawler if you're going to mention Memphis wrestling? You have to mention his name. Yeah, but they got names like Randy Savage and Lanny, not Lanny Poffo, but uh, Angelo, Angelo Poffo. Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Lance Russell was the voice of the uh, of of Memphis wrestling for a long time. Essentially, like he was kind of like the prototype to uh, Jim Ross and Gordon Soley. Oh wow! Okay, so that's 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 why he was very familiar. And funny story about Lance Russell. I don't know if you heard uh, when Jerry Lawler was going to get inducted back in two thousand seven. 
that was going to be his pick to do the induction uh, speech. Good. That would have been a good pick, yeah. What happened? That's not what WWE wanted. Of course they didn't. What did they want? Well, they got William Shatner instead. Of course. That's right. William Shatner did induct JR for no reason. No, it was Jerry Lawler. Or Jerry Lawler, my bad. Uh, but for no reason other than the name. Which is why I think when Batista asks for Fit Finley to induct him in the, in the, in the Hall of Fame, they're going to say, no, nah, we're going to go with the Triple H or the Nature Boy. They're going to go some, with someone obscure like they had like one segment with them. Like the reason why they picked William Shatner was obviously because it's a celebrity name. Yeah. But they had one segment on a, a Raw back in the nineties. And they figure, <laughs> well, William Shatner's a big enough name and he that, was on a segment. That bridges just, the gap. Yeah, exactly. like exactly like that. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm excited to see what AEW and NXT bring in the weeks coming forward. Um, especially with NXT running us like a takeover on its own. That's not a part of like a long weekend. Because um, I feel like WWE's like, look, guys, we we got to give them their own night because they're just showing us up every single time. Every single time they 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 do that. Um, I was gonna say the big four shows, but really, if you count, um, sometimes you can count Money in the Bank as part of the weekend where they also do the takeovers. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the time, the takeover is gonna be the superior show, and that's with them throwing a ladder matches at us like crazy. Absolutely. Um. So. Yeah, it's the the wars are getting heated up. I mean, a lot of people say it's not a war, uh, but for entertainment purposes, I think it's a war. Uh, something that's not a war, not even really put into a fight, is Monday Night Raw. Um, this this show is. I mean, we're we're. I'm really getting sports entertained on this one. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, I was watching SmackDown, and mm-hmm. they talked about how Daniel Bryan came up uh, wrestling, not wrestling. I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan came up sports entertaining in Memphis. Really, they really show shoehorning in the the term sports entertainment. Oh God! Um, I it's only a matter of time before they start calling Johnny Gargano Johnny Johnny Sports Entertainment. I could totally see it's that. It's gonna happen. happen. It's, it, I, I see that happening. I swear, I thought I heard that uh, from Morrow uh, a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week. You wouldn't you? I I wouldn't put it past Morrow to say that. One of his many Morrowisms. Yeah, <laughs> Morrowisms. Um, please don't quit Twitter over that. Anyways, um, so Raw gets started. Um, and we get Seth coming or KO wants to fight with uh, AOP. Seth comes out to jump Kevin Owens. And who do we get? Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is back. Um, he got taken out the week before by AOP. And um, I'm excited to see this Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe tag team. Yeah, I like to see where this is going. Um, I, I think if you're going to do a feud right away with, with Seth being the top heel right now, to me, he is the top heel on, on Raw. 1,000, yes. He, he, he de facto top heel I mean, until Brock comes back. We'll see how that dynamic does change, if it even does change to begin with. Um, and you definitely want to put Samoa Joe in a situation where you want to make him look like a legit uh, threat as a baby face. So I, I like where this is going. I like where the angle is going. Um, you know, they did security eventually did kick both uh, – both parties out of the show at different points so they were no longer seen after after the segment basically I, I did like when joe when they were telling joe to leave uh he's like if you touch me you're not gonna be able to touch me again well, like use that hand again or something like that uh really is i mean getting joe to be like a badass i mean we've always known he's a badass yeah. i don't think we've gotten a face samoa joe in wwe no this is this is his first well i mean aside from when he first debuted in nxt he was a fa- baby face for a while yeah yeah but he's been a heel for a good portion of his wwe career uh, and really a good portion of his wrestling career he's been more of a heel than a baby face uh not he's to say a destroyer. that he's never not not that he's never done a baby face bro but i think you know why not go for it the only problem with that though is that he's got to win he's got to start winning and matches and therein lies the problem so, um, 
But, I mean, he's salvageable at this point. Like, I think right now is a perfect opportunity for him to rack up those wins and go from there. What is the tag team name? Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. The Fat Boys. Could do that. Fat Boys. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's crossed Vince's mind. Yeah. Oh, look, they're two fat guys. That's, that's original. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but they're not as big as, like, uh, Tucker and Otis, though. No, they, they are not. But, I mean, they, they can be dominant. I mean, those two they guys can. together, uh, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Um, the Street, Fof- Street Profits beat the OC in a tag match. I mean, it was good. Uh, the promo after was not good. That's the thing with, um, with, with the Street Profits is that when you put them in segments where they have to memorize their lines or have to do like these half-ass sketches, they're both, they're both charismatic guys. Don't get me wrong. They're yeah. both charismatic dudes, but it's just the material that they're given. You can only work with what you got. And then they have to shoehorn in their catchphrase. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with these guys. They, they should be doing a lot more. Uh, I mean, the OC. OC, what, what is wrong with the OC right now? Because they don't have anything behind them. I feel like they don't. They don't seem cool. They, I feel like they try to make them like the Bullet Club again, because they have all Bullet Club members. Right. But they're just not cool. I, it just goes with a greater problem with what you have. Um, really, really more so on Raw. Raw is really the corporate as far as these stop these stop and start pushes. They'll go one way with they'll go one direction with one person or one tag team, and then they'll stop for a while. And then from there, they'll, they'll go ahead and reignite. And sometimes that works. Um, and I think the perfect example of that recently has been with Asuka and Becky Lynch, where Paul Heyman went back and revisited that story that storyline. Yes. Um, and that works. Um, but you can't rely on it every single time. Like, And I think in the beginning when they reunited with AJ, they were like, well, we'll, you know, we'll go back to that and we'll have these guys be, be like a dominant faction on Raw. And they're not really put in a situation where they're, they're dominant, where really... Any of those guys are dominant. I mean, I'll, I'll include AJ in there as well. Um, they're they're almost like an afterthought of, of, of a, a mid card. They're they're really a mid card uh, enhancement. Stable. Yeah, they're, they're a, a mid card stable group right now. They should be way more dominant. Definitely, but I mean, definitely overshadowed by Seth and AOP right now. Big time, big time. Uh, because if I were to look at Seth and AOP versus the OC, I'd be like, oh, OC is going to job for sure. Yeah, for this I, match. I agree. Um, Randy Orton. Did he get you? He got me this week. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's so obvious. I didn't think it was that obvious. Yeah. So um, what happened was that on a, at a house show on uh, uh, last Sunday, Orton was in a match with AJ Styles, and uh, they had to call the mo- the match off because he looked like he he had hurt had hurt his ankle or hurt his leg rather. Yeah. So he had to be wheelchaired out of the out of the arena. The dirt sheet's got a hold of that, and I love the fact that Randy's like, well, let's just. It, I'm sure it had been. If it wasn't Randy, it was someone that. Like a Paul Heyman was like, let's let's use the internet against itself and tease this uh, this retirement. Why don't, I don't think I was like, wait, is he going to retire from a leg injury? Now this is this is where I think they they kind of overdid it right here. They had a WWE. It. They had it. They had to like overdo it. Uh, Orton was going to come in. He did announce that he was injured uh, at a house show, and Orton, I like that. I like that when I thought he was hurt. He like they made him get in the ring. I was like, wait, can he just deliver this promo from the stage? Like, because he had right. a hard time getting into the ring. He was really selling the leg pretty pretty bad. And and keep in mind, like he left in a wheelchair uh, the night before. So how can you go from being in a wheelchair to being in the ring? I mean, it, it th- that I've always kind of had an issue with as far as like trying to sell an injury. Yeah, 
But um, just the verbiage that Ernie did have during this promo where, like, it was weird that he dropped Edge's name in that promo. Did you yeah, notice that? Yeah, I did notice that. Like, he was, like, teasing retirement. He dropped Edge's name. He's like, there's been a lot of guys that, that have had to retire early, Edge being one of them. Yeah, and I just thought that was such a, that was such a, I mean, I don't want to say weird, but just, like, the the timing of Edge being, Edge's name being thrown here at this time is just, like. When all the rumors are Edge is coming on his way back. Right. So I just thought that was a like they just shoot they just shoehorn uh his name in there, and um basically they just they 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 made you think that he was gonna retire like his career was gonna be over. AJ comes out and uh, he patronizes him and puts his neck out. He's like, "Oh, you gonna RKO me?" And then uh, pretty much they're building up to WrestleMania is what is what I'm kind of getting from this. Right. Um, and then he's like, "I just just like I thought you're 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 too weak." And then on his way out, he kicks the crutch out from Randy Orton. Um, and then I'm like, okay, here comes the turn. And then sure enough, Randy Orton delivers RKO, shows his leg is perfectly fine. Um, not the same impact that Mark Henry had when he teased his fake retirement. Oh, absolutely. It's not even close. Um, but I mean, eh. I mean, he, he did fool a lot of the, uh, of the, he audience. got me, he, he got, he got you, he got, I even said, you son of a bitch, Randy Orton. You got me. He got he got uh, him. Not that I thought he was going to retire, but like it was like, damn, he, he must have really... Cause coming from a guy that has knee injuries, I was like, damn, he's going to be out for a little while. I don't know if he'll be able to make it to Mania. All, all in a ruse. Uh, eats, uh, AJ eats an RKO. Um, it looks like I mean they're going to keep going with this feud, so it may not even be WrestleMania. They might just... They're, they're probably going to do a Royal match. I could totally see that happening. I feel like it's way too early to be building to WrestleMania for those two guys. Because they did have a WrestleMania match. Yeah, they did. Except the roles reversed. The roles reversed. Um, but I mean, they could do have a rubber. They could have the rubber match be at WrestleMania because, if I remember correctly, I think AJ did win the WrestleMania match la- this past year. Is that correct? Uh, maybe. I want to say he did. So they can they can uh, have Orton get his. If that's the case, Orton gets his re- uh, revenge at Royal Rumble, and then if they want to do WrestleMania, they can. But I, I get the feeling that they're gonna blow it off way before that. They they're not gonna be able to help themselves. They're not. Um, I thought you know with the injured Randy they could stretch it out to Mania, but I don't think that if we're gonna get Randy Orton versus AJ or Randy Orton versus the OC every week, like it's it's gonna get old really fast. So they, they still have like four months to go. I mean, don't don't they should have been building this at the Royal Rumble. And, and that's the problem with having a, a brand split is that you're limited to what who is on the roster, and you're not gonna take advantage of everyone who is apparent who is on that. Uh, designated roster. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of the same matches before, uh, as you've, as we've seen uh, for weeks. A lot of rematches, and this has been going on for years. This is, this is nothing new. Um, I'm we've said this many a times. This is what happens when you have a limited roster and you're trying to build um, weekly television. See, and that's weekly the storytelling. They have a huge roster. They just don't use anybody. They use the same five guys. They use the same. They use the same amount of guys. They have more talent than they know what to do with, but they just use the same people over and over in, in the same matches. How many times is, have we seen Roman versus Corbin in the past two months? No, not, not even just on the past two months. I mean, we can go even earlier <laughs> go in the year as well, and even before uh, before uh, before last year, uh, they just they just can't help themselves going back to um, to that to that rivalry. We even had Roman Reigns versus Ziggler. How many times have we seen that match? Because Ziggler can bump his ass off, and let's put it on New Year's Eve with Steve Harvey. Uh, let's film it the week before, but we'll still have it uh, uh, air during New Year's Eve, which I, I mean, I missed, but I knew the second I saw who was fighting, I was like, oh, Roman, Roman wins LOL. He has to win. 
Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, the big story. <laughs> the thing that has us rolling our eyes but still has kind of entertained. Oh, uh, the wedding. The Lana Lashley wedding. Um, what did you think of this, Dick? Well. Where do we begin? Where, where do we begin for one such thing? I mean, um, essentially, uh, this is what it's all leading up to was as to Lana and Lashley um, uh, tying the knot. Uh, their vows were terrible. I thought the, the the vows were horrible. The priest clearly had a script in his hand. And he, he did did not. He did not. He went exactly uh, to script. He didn't improvise anything. Really. But I'll say this though: I think the priest was like the priest was the saving grace because yeah, he, he, he overacted everything. He did. Um, the uh, you know the the classic. Is there anyone that wants to? Speak now or forever hold your peace, and then we get. Uh, they had. There was a complete overkill right here with, with that segment. They they did it like four times. They did it four too many times. Um, and uh, so we had Lana's ex, and then we had Lashley's her, her, ex. Her first, her first husband, husband for Rusev, uh, by the way. And they said son of a bitch a lot. They um, did, and to the point where the crowd was even just chanting Jerry, 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 because this was like a Jerry Springer segment. Um, essentially, that's what it was. This was essentially trash TV. This is nineties trash TV. Um, I don't know if you want to say at its finest or its worst. I mean, it's kind of almost the same thing at, at this point. The uh, the the big payoff. Well, part of the big payoff for well, the big payoff for Liv Morgan. Uh, Liv Morgan comes out and reveals that um, the person that she's in love with is in the ring, and then Lashley's like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know. I've never met this woman." Yeah, you have, bro. Um, but then it turns out that it was Lana and Liv Morgan. Uh, so now we have a lesbian angle going on now um which i mean it's 2019 do we really have to to do this to get shock value joey, two, two joey hot, ryan said it himself two hot blondes fall, having uh falling in love with each other Some hla yeah, essentially that i mean i that's that's a vibe i got from it was um that hla storyline from back in 2003 also you got um this was definitely ecw as well from the 90s yeah where um where um Beulah and it ended up being Beulah and Kimona. They ended up making out, and Tommy Dreamer kind of teased of a threesome between the between him and the two of them. And he says, "I'm hardcore. I don't give a shit." <laughs> um, definitely not that. Definitely nowhere close to that. Um, you build up Liv Morgan, who has been in Vig, uh, Vignettes for the past well, almost essentially half a year. Let's just say half a year. They've been, yeah, they've been, there's been rumors and things like that, and. I'm not even mad that she didn't come back as Sister Abigail that the internet wanted. You know, people right. are gonna complain like, "Oh, she was supposed to come back and be what we all thought she no, was." No, she wasn't. Be. No, no, no one ever. No one ever. You set that expectation for yourself. So if you have anyone to be mad about, it should be you. Don't be mad and, at creative, and, whatever. And I think, and I think a lot of the fans going going a little off topic. They they do that to themselves, not just for that storyline, but also for a lot of things as well. For everything. For a lot of things, yeah. And I, and I'm guilty of that too as well. Where my expectations are at, at times unrealistic, and I set myself up to fail. Um, but I don't. I'm not going to cry for something that, uh, you know, I read on the dirt sheets and right. that doesn't happen. Oh, it 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 was supposed to happen this way, and then when it, you know, like, I get that this storyline for Liv Morgan. We're, I mean, really, who is Liv Morgan? Why do we care, really? At the end, at the end of the day, the end she's the day, just who, she's just another wrestler. She's just another wrestler. It's not like. She's like Charlotte Flair level. Um, this is a bad look for her. She shouldn't be in this storyline um, because it's now it's overkill. Now you jump the shark 
and now we're, now we we're going off in a different. Well, direction to be now. fair, this wedding jumped the shark uh, months ago. Oh, one thousand percent, yes. But for Liv Morgan, but for uh, her, with all the vignettes and things that they're doing for her, I was expecting something a little bit more that she can sink her teeth into, actually make like a uh, a new star. Maybe she was has been training and getting like ready for a big match. Maybe she can take on Becky and Charlotte and get on that level. But instead, they put her in this shitty storyline um, that has already been awful as it is. And now we're just going to keep making it more awful. And it, the sad part is this was the highest rated uh, segment on Raw. So yes. we're going to get more of this, guys. And it's because of this that Raw went up this week in the ratings, too, as well. Um, another thing I, I do want to mention is that this storyline, I mean, just it just seems like it's just a it's a cheap lesbian storyline. Um, I, I could, I'm pretty sure that Sonya Deville is not very happy about this because for months she's been pitching about having a uh, lesbian storyline. Oh, instantly. Um, I, I looked up Sonya Deville trending on Twitter, and she like just tweeted out, mind blown, because she has... She's been openly gay. She her, she has, like, a rainbow, like, handkerchief, like, as an homage, yeah. you know? Um, and she probably has been pitching this. They teased it for a little while between her and Mandy. They were teasing her and Mandy for a while over the summer. And it literally went nowhere. And now they're like, oh, well, let's give that storyline over here which i mean it could have done a lot for the the gay community to actually have some representation and for and for sonia as well because what do you do in, like like and we're and i'm gonna segue into sonia deville but what do you do with her like i mean how do you make her stand out and i thought the storyline was the best way to do that because it hit it, it hit close to home for her and it's it, obviously it's very, number one's very believable number two it's very close to who uh, Sonya Deville is. Yeah, and then you take that away. It's like who who is, who is she really? Like she's she's gonna get lost in the shuffle if she's not already. If I mean, they're already. already showcasing Mandy way more. Shout out to Mandy Rose uh, uh, and hanging out with Byron. That would have been that would have been perfect for to to have her into that into that segment. Instead, you give it to to Liv Morgan, who quite frankly doesn't need it, and no. neither did the storyline at all. And it just becomes like this whole hot mess. Which, by the way, how this wedding ended, by the way, with uh, Liv Morgan and Rusev. Uh, Rusev coming I mean, out of the cake. There's a giant cake. Who's What else is going to happen to that thing? Which he was in there for, he was waiting <laughs> for a long time, <laughs> patiently. Been, yeah, he must have been doing like uh, a lot of squats to get ready to be tucked into that thing. Hopefully he didn't hotbox that, that cake, <laughs> dude. Uh, but yeah, Rusev ends up, and this is another thing where this doesn't make any sense because Rusev for weeks has been like, get married because that's going to be the best day of my life. I'm not going to have to pay you alimony because once you get right. remarried, you're gonna, you don't have to pay alimony anymore. So why is he in there breaking up the marriage that he really wants to happen? I guess he just wants revenge on Bobby Lashley for losing. Really? That's, <laughs> that's the only logical explanation I can come up with other than... Other than that, I have no idea why. I wouldn't be able to to pinpoint as to why that's the case. Um, so now we're going to get intergender tag matches between probably. Lashley and Lana and Rusev and Morgan, right? Yes, that's what it seems like. Cool. That sounds that sounds like something I really want to see. Let's talk about something I do really want to see. Let's talk about AEW this okay. week, dude. This, this show was one of the best shows they've ever put on as far as weekly television goes. Uh, they stacked the card. Yes. This was this was almost like a, a pay per view level because they they did it at the Jacksonville Arena where they usually where they had a fighter fest, um, right? Which looks awesome because it's a concert venue, uh, but they turned it into like a, a full on wrestling venue. You know what it reminds me of the how the setting was set up? It reminded me a lot of the old uh, 
London Nitros where they would have it at um, Daytona that? in Daytona for spring break minus yeah. the pool minus the pool like this yeah the bash of the beach kind of kind of style um, it's, I, a, it's a it's a it looks like a nice building I forgot the name of the club that they had it at in in um back in the nineties but it did have that feel and I thought that was just a nice little throwback to it. Um, having said that, though, I think um, at the same time, AEW should kind of like take it easy on doing too much of uh, tributes to to Nitro. They don't want to. They don't want to be like Nitro 2.0. <laughs> I think they yeah, should. Yeah, they like kind of been, like, been doing that a lot. They've lately. been doing that a lot. Um, I, I'll say that. That's the one thing I'll say about um, AEW and the way they're approaching it. Like they're just almost seeing like a full blown tribute to WCW. Like just kind of take it easy on that a little bit. Just tone it down a little bit. Yeah, um, I did like the promo in the in the very beginning, uh, showing the elite guys w- wondering if they were still elite. Um, that really sh- that really played a lot into the night, and that was the theme of the night. And then you had Taz, Jr. and Excalibur on commentary, uh, which it was really cool to hear Taz on commentary again. When's the last time you heard Taz do commentary? It's been a while. I mean, I know he was doing commentary for Impact for a while. Yeah, and before that, I mean, he was. I mean, it's been years. I mean, but I mean, who watches who watches Impact? So I I, I thought Taz did a, did a fine job, um, and he looked he actually looked legitimately impressed as far as what was out there. Um, Jr. was Jr. Jr. Um, <laughs> he Jr. is <laughs> I don't know what he needs to do to like turn it up, but he he mess he messes up a lot. Uh, I really not noticed the, it. He's just not the same. Uh, but I mean, other than that. We were treated with a really good opening match, Cody versus Darby Allen. Um, I loved this match. Uh, what did you think of it, Dick? Great, uh, great opening match. Um, I, I thought there was, a, I thought there was right a bit of psychology involved with it with Cody, uh, with um, with Cody selling his um, was his arm. He was selling yeah. something. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. It was I think his it was arm. his arm. Uh, Darby Allen was working on his arm, trying to take advantage of uh, Cody in the situation. Um, there's a reason to why they're doing the stuff. And I thought they, the psychology behind it was was great. Having Arn Anderson out there as his coach, uh, it was a, n- a nice little um, segue. I mean, not a little segue, but like a little extension into Cody's character, to him evolving to become a better athlete. Him, Arn Anderson being at ringside telling Cody, "Hey, watch out for this." You know, he literally was acting like a coach, like covering his mouth was, and like yeah. saying things like, "Hey, watch out for that." Yeah, uh, but Darby Allen, I think, I think Darby Allen is. This was another coming out party for him because he came out and the crowd loved him um he probably got one of the louder pops of the night uh he came out with someone in a mask and i, I wasn't really sure the correlation of that because that didn't really play into anything um, are you talking about him in the cody mask no he came out with like a guy with like a zombie like he, he had the cody mask on but then he tore it off and it was again like a zombie mask um i think he's from a band or something but um yeah uh darby went for a uh an apron coffin drop again which he finally hits and then cody hit a crazy crossroads uh for near fall um, Arn distracts the ref, and then Dar- Darby goes for the coffin drop. Cody gets knees up from the help of Arn Anderson mm-hmm. teaching him, and uh, Cody gets the roll up for the one, two, three. Um, so Cody gets another win over Darby, but Darby looked really good in this match, and 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 that was a perfect outcome right there. You you ha- Cody needs to. It's time for the guys in the elite to get their wins and start going on a streak right now. Like this is what the the show is. That was the theme of the show was that it's time for the elite to step up. Cody obviously being the first guy to do it. It doesn't hurt Darby whatsoever, and um, y- you talk about um, making a positive from a negative, and uh, that's a perfect example right there with with Darby. Yeah, um, we get to see Rio in a match we haven't seen her in a really long time, or the women's title for that matter. 
um, in a fatal four-way match. Um, the match started off kind of sloppy. It picked up towards the end, um, and Riho actually def- successfully defends her title, but then gets beat up by Nyla Rose after the match. Um, so it looks like we're going to get that rematch, uh, Nyla Rose versus uh, Riho. Um, I thought Sheeta looked really good in this match, too. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Hikaru Sheeta. Yeah, out of the four participants, well, four participants, Sheeta and Rio, obviously two of the uh, most experienced women in that division. Uh, Hikaru Sheeta, she always, um, she always um, entertains me. She always impresses me every single time she goes out there. Um, Riho is Riho. Um, I really have nothing else to say really about it other than what I've said before in the past. Uh, she just finds a way to to as soon as as soon as the fans stop caring about the match or they don't pay attention she finds a way to get them back into the match yeah when i whenever i find my whenever i'm in a reho match and i find myself like ah this is kind of and then boom and, and then we, we pick up the pace she wills and, it yeah. back in uh, and, I, and i thought the um the the finale the the final few seconds of that match where it was counter after counter where rio comes out of nowhere to steal the pin from um was was it it wasn't from Sheeta, was it from it was from Sheeta, right cuz we're cuz Sheeta countered um the lockjaw. Yes. Okay. She was in the lockjaw. She was in the lockjaw. She countered it, and then Rio came out of nowhere and steals, uh, steals the win with another roll up. Uh, another roll up. There was like four roll ups this night. There, there was, which it, was kind of weird, um, especially when WWE is trying to establish finishers. AEW is establishing quick roll ups. I'm not a fan of roll up finishes, especially when I see twenty four seven titles. If it happens, if it happens too frequently, yeah. Um, but for this one right here, I, th- I thought it was fine, and it did play into. Uh, what happened later on when um, Rio was being interviewed backstage? Britt Baker comes. Britt Baker comes in. She was rather annoyed um, at Rio. Um, it looked like she might be turning heel. Or I don't know what's going on with her, but I think so. But I think she she does have a point saying like I come in here, I bust my ass every day, and you're barely here half the time. Uh, and it's true. It is because we haven't, like I said, we haven't seen Rio for like two months. Um, I I still don't get Britt Baker. I, she doesn't do anything for me. I don't. I mean, I don't think she's that good. She's she's still very green. She still has a lot to learn. I think there is an upside to her. Um, she's young, obviously. Um, I she's she's very good looking, but I don't see her as a baby face. Just for the I mean for, for the sole reason that as, as a dentist, I don't think dentists <laughs> are baby face. They're not. They're no. Not, they're not. No. Imagine Isaac Yankum as baby face. It just doesn't work out. I mean, obviously Britt Baker is a um, not much easier looking on the <laughs> eyes than Isaac Yankum. Yeah. But I think if even then, that's more of a reason for her to be a heel. I yeah. think you would want her. You would want her characteristic, her attribute to play into her as a heel. I think eventually down the road, I mean, you're gonna have to turn her heel, and then go from there. I I could I could totally see that happening because I mean right now as a babyface, I don't see it at all. Speaking of people turning heel, maybe um, we had uh, Moxley versus Trent. Trent got a lot of offense in this match. For this is another time that Trent had a really good singles match. Um, Moxie gets the win, but after that, Sammy Guevara comes down and uh, tells him to look at the screen. The audio was kind of messed up in this uh, Jericho segment. Uh, Jericho's standing there. He offers Moxley 49% of <laughs> the Inner Circle LLC, which is hilarious. Yeah. And he offers him a uh, a Ford GT, which uh, he said is worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, Moxley says he'll give he'll give him an answer next week. Uh, the crowd booed, booed that pretty hard. I, I can understand them booing. There's like three weeks in a row they've been yeah, teasing that, this, which is which is understandable because I think the payoff should have been tonight where Moxie makes his decision. Yeah, but having them extend it out another week, I think is not is not a very good idea. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done. I that. wouldn't have done that. But I think at the same time, maybe they realize, oh shit, well, Wrestle Kingdom is this weekend. 
Um, could that possibly play into their, their, their decision to extend it out another week or so? I mean, there's a lot of intangibles that are happening out the next, next week or so that um, are quite interesting. Uh, maybe we'll cover more of that tomorrow as far as uh, the Russell Keenum perspective of both Chris Jericho and John Moxley. Yeah, um, which, I mean, if I think about it, Moxley and Jericho teaming up, that sounds pretty dope. That would be. and um, But Moxley right now, the, the on the run he he's been be, on, he doesn't need to be he in He doesn't that. need it either. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting. Um, MJF is the best heel in wrestling right now. Um, he uh, he says he's gonna make he made some stipulations for the match with Cody that's coming up. Um, when is that? When is that match gonna happen? Well, they're gonna they're I believe they're gonna do it on the February 29th show. Okay. Um. So here's the stipulations. Uh. He wants. Oh, it's gonna be at uh, AEW Revolution. Revolution. There you go. Cody can't touch him. If he touches him, the match is off. Um. Before the match. Actually, before you get into the stipulations, I just want to say real quick. Um, just MJF just being such a fucking dick is a work of art. How he, can Byron think that Miz is on the same level as MJF? He's not, and you know it's what? not even close. And you, you know what? Like looking back at it, like going back to hold the MJF comparison, I would compare him probably more to an EC3 if anything else. I think EC3 kind of has more similarities to in MJF impact. than an impact. Yes. yes, an impact than the Miz does right now because. Um, MJF comes from like an upper back, like 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 a, like, a, like kind of like a rich kid. Like he's like a, he's like a, he's like a rich spoiled brat, basically. Yes. Like a one percenter, similar to to EC3. He's cocky. He's arrogant. Um, obviously MJF is much better on the mic than than EC3 is. Yeah, and he's smart on top of everything. Yeah, he's he and he's quick on his feet. He'll he'll adapt on the fly. Um, another example why I like MJF and why I think he's just such a great dick is, um. He comes in. He comes. He buys coming down in the ring. I don't know if they cut it during the commercial or yeah, I think it was during the commercial segment. You had to watch it on the on the small box. Uh huh. Where uh, a fan was like touching him and he was wearing a hat. Oh, MJF that, yeah. grabbed the hat and just chucked <laughs> yeah. it across the ring. <laughs> that was hilarious. And Wardlow just gave him like the stare. Right? I'm like, go ahead and try something. Because the guy, the guy was touching MJF when you you, know, yeah. you shouldn't touch the wrestlers. Like he was like tapping him on the chest or whatever. So MJF does what a heel would do, and he's like, "Oh, this hat? Uh, you don't have a hat anymore." Yeah. Um. And then the fan was like, "What the hell?" And then Wardlow like, uh, "It was so good." Yeah. Wardlow was like, "Go ahead and try something." Like that wasn't that wasn't planned. That wasn't a, a plant in the ring. Mm. That was just something that happened. And it even made the news. It, it made the news. Yeah. Um. So yeah, going back to the stipulations, Cody can't touch him. Uh, Cody uh has to beat Wardlow in a steel cage match. The first ever AEW steel cage match. In order to get to MJF, so he's got to beat the the sub boss. He's got, basically he has to beat Goro before he gets to Shang Tsung. Yeah, and uh, keep in mind, I believe this will also be, f- if I'm not mistaken, this might be Wardlow's Wardlow's first match in AEW. Yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll get to see which, what he's about. Which is interesting to say the least, because you uh, won his first match against Cody. That's uh still not a fan of that name, uh, Wardlow. Yeah, I'm I'm really not either. But I mean, we'll we'll see if uh him in the ring. If his injury work says if it's, it, it if says it's it's bad, different. yeah, that, that's not gonna be good. Um, and the biggest one, uh, Cody has to get on all fours on the next dynamite and let MJF whip him ten times, uh, which is gonna be hard to watch. Coming from a child that it, was beat up, it, in the, it in is, the it is. Um, and MJF knows what he's doing, and that's why he has these ridiculous stipulations just to see if Cody will do it, will embarrass himself to get that match. Yeah, how low will Cody you will go? Do it. 
to face me. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be something to look forward to. And then we have the Lucha Bros and Pac, the Elite versus, or, I mean, Kenny Omega and the Bucks, the Elite versus Lucha Bros and Pac. Uh, this was a damn near perfect match. I, I love this match. I didn't even take notes on it because I couldn't stop you watching it. You just wanted to enjoy it. the I just, yeah, wanted, I just wanted to enjoy the match uh, all the way through. Um, Adam Page was at was at ringside co- uh, doing commentary. Um, great match for all, all six guys. I mean, uh, Lucha Bros, I mean, they are the best tag team in the world right now. I, I've said that many times. Um, the Elite get the win. The Elite did get the win, and they rightfully so. They needed that win more than ever. Uh, Cody comes out and they're going to celebrate, you know, as the elite, being the elite guys. They're calling over Hangman Page to come over. Hangman Page has been on a downward spiral. I don't know if you watched AEW uh, being the elite, not AEW, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Hangman Page actually had a really funny homage to uh, Red Dead Redemption um, when he was all drunk yelling for Kenny. Uh, no, I gotta, I gotta see it. It's a, it's basically an homage to something that happens in Red Dead Redemption, which is, which was hilarious. And but he's been on a downward spiral. He doesn't feel like he's part of the group, uh, and he kind of is ostracizing himself from that. Yes, so he they has. Were, they were calling him down to come celebrate, and he just walked away from them. He walked out. I walked out of them. So, are we gonna get a hangman heel turn? Or I mean, I kind of just feel bad for the guy because he's been drinking it's, a lot too. Yeah, and um, uh, glad that you mentioned that. Um, in a segment earlier, while um, Private Party was being backstage, they were at a bar. I think they're being inter- they're being interviewed. Hangman walks himself to the back of the to behind the bar, pours himself a drink, and um, the Private Party guy's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I'm just making myself a drink." <laughs> and they're about ready to uh, to kick him out, but uh, Hangman trying to fight both of them. Yeah, but luckily that didn't that didn't happen. But you could definitely see where uh, Hangman is kind of like losing his cool. You kind of see. I mean, is he also going to be? Is he also training as well? I mean, what do you do with Hangman at this point? You put him in the dark order. <laughs> now that's a rumor that um, I've heard as well. Is like he might be the he might be the the grand leader behind the dark order because they they did announce there is a higher power. Yes. on this on this week of of dynamite. Um, is it going to be Vince McMahon? Maybe it's Vince McMahon. Who knows? For dude? for all we know, I mean, it could be could be Christopher Daniels. I, I that could be interesting. That, he was supposed to be the original. Um, Higher power when Vin, and then Vince took it for himself, but um, I don't think that's going to happen. But. No, but, uh, that would be um, that's an interesting tidbit right there. I mean, as far as like the the dark order goes, you you gotta I think you gotta have a big name in there as um, as a higher power, not necessarily a wrestler per se. It could just be a, a big name in general, like um, a, a non wrestler for that role. Yeah, it can't be a. Re- I don't think it could be a wrestler. I think it's got to be like yeah. I don't know. I don't. I think Hangman Page could join the Dark Order, but not as a higher power because I feel like he's kind of lost right now. Right. And that's kind of what they feed on. Uh, maybe they're going to start trying to recruit him, which I mean, I wouldn't be a huge fan of because they're already trying to do like a recruitment angle with Jericho mm-hmm. and the Inner Circle. So maybe not that, but I mean, they've been tr- they they prey on people that are kind of they're lost outsiders in the lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Uh, so I could see Hangman joining the Inner Circle. I don't know about him wearing one of the gimp masks, but. Um, I mean, it'd be a wrinkle. It would be something to talk about. Absolutely. Um, not a lot to talk about on SmackDown, though. We're kind of running low on time. Um, the Miz. Let's talk about The Miz real quick, because he needs to get over the fact that The Fiend was fucking with him for a week. Because um, three weeks later, and one match later, um, he's still crying about it to everybody in the back. He he was, uh, and he did approach uh, Daniel Bryan, and uh, basically he just said, you know what? I'll almost say it's just beat him at the Royal, just beat him at the Royal Rumble. Um, do it, 
for because uh, he violated the sanctity of his marriage, and he said that many times during uh, during his feud with uh, with with really with with Bray Wyatt. He's been saying that quite a bit, but um, I don't know. I'm over the Miz right now. I'm kind of over where this is going. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what's going to happen down the road involving both these guys, um, as we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, yeah, so the, they announced a, tr- a triple threat tag team match between Sasha Bailey, Dana Brooke, and uh, Lacey Evans and Nikki and Alexa. And that, but then I don't. What, what was weird to me, like they built it up. They, they each cut promos, and then Sasha Bailey. We're talking about Lacey. Lacey comes about. And then she says, "You need to stop talking about my daughter." But they didn't talk about her daughter. They did, weren't talking about her at all. <laughs> they didn't talk about that her promo during that promo. No. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. I just I, I hate that fact that they're like, "Look, she's 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 a former military." Um, so now all our graphics are like spangled, star spangled banner, like red, white, and blue. Right. Like, we get it. Um, I'm I'm not. I don't know. I'm I'm not on board with the way that they're building up her as a baby face. Um, and then. Um, the the best part was Alexa and Nikki were like, well, why do we need to be in this match? And I was thinking the same thing. Um, but they're like, oh, we, we need to win this match. And then they go, whatever. Um, Dana Brooke beat Sasha with an ugly looking senton. Um, I don't know. Match didn't really do anything for me. Nothing. Other than maybe we find out who the new number one contenders are for the women's tag team championships. Um, if that's the case, and Dana Brooke and... Lacey Evans are going to be next in line. But why would you? Like. Why would you build up a tag team that's just thrown together, other than like a, an established tag team? Like I get what they're trying to do. I mean, I, are they trying to just do, trying to build up Lacey and Dana at the same time? Um, I, I I just don't I don't get the tag teams that are thrown together. They need to be in contention for the titles. They should build them up like they did with Nikki and Alexa. If anything, I, I think. I think they're they're in a rush to fucking make Lacey a, a, a main eventer. I feel like. They 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 should have learned their lesson last year because I think Lacey came up too fast last year when she first uh, dropped was dropped over to Raw. Don't get me wrong, she's I think she's a good wrestler. I think she's I, actually I really think good. she's she's got a lot to learn. She's, she's gotten a lot better though. She's gotten a lot better, but it's not so much her as it is rather like they're just putting they're they're pushing her hard, and as a character. I don't think she's right. a baby. She's not a developed character as to be a baby face. She still comes out and does the same shit she was doing as a heel with the, uh, you know, dabbing herself off with her with her handkerchiefs. And like she's still like just like the Miz, like they they, they change their they change their attitude, but they still do the same shit in the ring um, where the Miz was still doing the yes kicks, which was a heel move because he was talking right. shit about Dan O'Brien. But now he just does it, which don't even get me started on, on the Miz and how he just takes things from other people and makes himself. Ah. Anyways, Miz sucks. Um, and then, speaking of the Miz, he runs in the New Day and uh, knocks over the pancakes. And another person that the Bray Wyatt has faced that has turned their persona. Miz would be a, Miz is a perfect exa- another example of that. You're you're right. Um, so they end up. So he, he ends up getting into a match with Kofi. Kofi was before that happened. Kofi was trying to cheer him up, saying how you're just yeah, he's trying big, to pop him. Yeah. You know, being a very successful wrestler throughout the 2010s, having won many championships, him and Kofi tied for the most amount of championships. Apparently, won throughout the 2010s. Yeah, um, which I thought was you know it's it's good for both of them. Miz obviously was having none of it. He wanted to fight, um, so they did end up fighting. Uh, they did end up fighting uh, later on down the show. I did realize that in 45 minutes of a two-hour show, they gave us one match. You're right, yeah. and that was and that and that was the um, the triple threat match. The triple threat match. 
Um, there also there was also another segment as well with uh, Mandy and Otis that we didn't talk about. I mean, it's just it it, it just goes. It they just, had something going there for a little bit. They did. Um, I mean, I I guess it's not dead yet, but they they definitely had something going more than the Lashley Lana segment. Um, and you know, it is what it is. I just I'm just mad that Dolph Ziggler fucked up his perfectly good Nikes, dude. He did. Uh, Chad Gable against Dash Wilder. Uh, I thought it was a good match. It was quick, but I thought it was really good uh, between the two. The size jokes have got to, they, they've got to stop because it just wasn't working when the revival were were making fun of Chad Gable's size. These they're the same, the same height. These are the same height. They're the same height, and and it's just so asinine that they as have a ten. To, they they have to portray Chad Gable as this smaller than average average guy, which he he clearly is average height. Maybe he might be a little above average height. I and mean, even you know Braun Strowman, obviously. But yeah, Braun Strowman's a fucking freak. But he's he's a he's an abnormally uh, he's an abnormal guy. There's nothing wrong with Chad Gable's height at all. They just they just feel the need to make it seem like that he's a small guy, which in fact he's an average guy, just like the rest of the guys on the roster. If they build it up like he's an underdog and he still overcomes, I can get it. But the short jokes are just they're so overdone. They've played out. It's done to death. Um. One thing that wasn't done to death is the return of Sheamus uh, coming out after the match. You thought he was going to come out and save Chad Gable? Nah, dog. Uh-uh. He came out there to give him a bro kick to basically be like, uh, I'm a bully and I'm going to pick on the little guys. Um, so Sheamus is back. Um, how do you f- he looked really good to me. He looked he looked thinner. Like, uh, not thinner, like leaner. He looked a lot leaner. He um he doesn't look as stupid. He doesn't have that stupid. Uh, he didn't have that stupid look. Remember how the uh, he came back the, the, the day after Raw yeah. uh, back in 2015? The day after WrestleMania, rather. And we were in that building, as a matter of fact, when he came back. Yes, that? we were, yeah. And he came back. Everyone thought he was going to be back as a baby face, only to, um, I forgot who he broke kick, but turn heel, and the fans just chat on him. They just chatted, you look stupid. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, Which he did back then at the time. I mean, it it was it was a hard turn. It was it a was. hard pivot, uh, definitely. Uh, but I like how going back to, he's going back to his old school look. Like to, yeah, to bring it back. Where first debuted, I thought that was uh, really cool. I don't know though. I think Sheamus right now. You already have someone who's 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 a superior wrestler in Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. I th- I think Drew McIntyre is everything Sheamus is and should be, but without the red hair, without the red <laughs> hair, and I think he has. I think Drew McIntyre has more of a main event level personality. Well, they got. They have him on Drew McIntyre's on Raw, right? Yes. Okay, so then we have the Drew McIntyre on Raw and SmackDown now, kind of. Basically, um, Sheamus is going to be uh, beating up little guys, and then he's probably going to fight Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. That could that could absolutely happen. Um, yeah, I, or he might end up reunited with Cesaro because Cesaro is also on SmackDown. You think he's going to be liberated by Sami Zayn? We'll see. I feel like they should. They should. Uh, no, I don't want to see that again. I was gonna say they should fight each other, but they fought each other to death. Like oh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah, yeah, best of seven, and they became a tag team after that. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. They they they're gonna have to address it, I think, at some point because they were like a dominant tag team. They were. Um, after that, uh, Kofi versus Miz. Uh, they're really hammering the point that Miz is unraveling uh, since his match with Bray Wyatt. Um, and then um, after the match, uh, Kofi gets the win. After the match, Miz starts the beat down on Kofi. And uh, are, do we have a, a heel Miz now? I mean, at this point, yeah, because the fans were definitely booing Miz very loud after that. But I just felt like after that beatdown was just so rushed and like it just it just came like 
I don't want to say it fell flat, but it 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 almost did nothing for me. Like it just wasn't like it was just like uh, immediately after he got pinned, he went in and attacked Kofi, and like I just thought there was no psychology behind it. You could have had like the gears turning, like oh my god, I can't believe I lost. Right, uh, like like build up with rage and then lose it. Uh, maybe Kofi goes like, hey man, it's cool. Like you know we're we're still good, and then yeah, something like that would have been cool. Um, but then after he starts screaming at the audience, like, I gave you everything. You don't, you don't appreciate me or whatever. Um, and it just reminded me of the Seth Rollins, exactly Absolutely. what happened, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, cause Seth Rollins, that was his, like, I gave you everything and this, this is how you treat me. Um, so now we have the Miz, which, what is it giving us exactly? What did the Miz give us <sighs> other than like a shitty baby face run that where he got jobbed out to Shane McMahon? He hasn't given us anything. He hasn't really like 2019 was not a good year for the Miz. It, it absolutely was not, and they had they had something in Miz in, in the beginning of the year where they could have made him a credible babyface, but that WrestleMania loss to Shane McMahon doomed him. Oh, big time! And that doomed him, right? That doomed him. They felt the need that Shane needed to be pushed more, heavy, uh, more than the Miz, and that was a big mistake because it's Miz is just. Fallen flat on his ass ever since then. Yeah, and honestly, I think him turning if he does turn heel, I think that's really the only way to go right now is to salvage to salvage the Miz as a character, and then you can also throw that in, into um, into Bray's personality and how he does affect everyone who does touch him. Yeah, you could play that up more, 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 more now because now Miz is another victim. Well, where they're gonna pivot, I feel like, is backstage. There is a uh, Kathy Kelly was backstage backstage to interview the Miz and then John Morrison walks out which was cool to see him back um he looked very tanned he uh, did too tanned almost uh very bronzed um but he's like look he's not gonna answer any questions so now where does John Morrison fit in all this are we gonna get you know that the what what was her tag team the Miz and Morrison Miz and Morrison are we gonna get them back together is he gonna go back to being the chick magnet with the fedora, oh, I would love to see that. I would love to see that too. Like re- reliving their reliving their twenties, they went through a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. I could absolutely see that happening. As a matter of fact, um, but it, and also John Morrison back on SmackDown. I mean, they what? I mean, I'm I'm, a, I'm we'll see where they go with 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 the storyline. If if that helps, cool. Um, I don't know if it's gonna help John Morrison uh, uh, personally. John Morrison should have went to NXT. He should have. Yeah, I think he would have. He, he has a better spot in NXT. Yeah, I think he does. I just don't think that um, I don't think WWE sees John Morrison as a main event talent. No way. There's they don't see him in that in that light. Um, and then uh, the main event, uh, Brian and Roman versus Ziggler and Corbin. Um, I feel like they're trying to give Roman that Brian rub because this match was literally for nothing um, other than to give him the the, the rub. Um, they fight the, the the whole match, whatever. It was a boring match. The only thing that matters is that the fiend comes out, um, attacks Daniel Bryan, lays uh, lays waste to him. The the match never ends, so it's probably still happening, I guess, or it, it got thrown out. For it got, whatever reason. I, I think it got thrown out. Basically, it, it, it to me it looked like it ended in no contest because Daniel Bryan was, um, you know, he got mandible clawed out of into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Then the heels tried to uh, they the heels did did tie up Roman and they tried to put uh, throw a dog boot on him again. Yep. Then the Usos make their I mean, uh, return, which, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot. There's a lot of returns this week. There was a lot of returns on SmackDown. TV. I mean, that was ex- that was exciting thing for SmackDown to have happen. Uh, the Usos come out, make the save for Roman, so yeah. he doesn't have to eat dog food again. Um, and then they on they they ask the referee for the key, and the referee just hands him a key for the handcuffs. Like, what? 
You had the you had the keys the whole time, the entire time, and you didn't even bother to to, <laughs> you to, from him. to you remove had, the handcuffs from you him. You had the keys the whole time, oh. the whole time, the whole time. Um, so that I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so we're gonna get that. Um, the Usos are gonna be there to help out Roman. So yeah. go up against the King's Court. I I guess like where where do you go with this? What I like seeing the Usos back. I'm, we were Don't talking about them wrong. weeks ago. Yeah, uh, we were wondering where they were, and I'm glad that they're back. Hopefully, they're healthy. They have got new haircuts. They look good. Um, but does Roman really need more help? I mean, is okay. Is Corbin and Ziggler that much of a threat to to the Almighty Roman Reigns? Uh, apparently so, because now the Usos are back in and they're they're helping out their cousin. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let's see where this. Let's see how this plays down the road. Uh, definitely, let us know what you guys think as well. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of the Put Me Podcast, episode eighty nine, almost a, at ninety. I think that's a good segue to to end to yeah. the show. Yeah, because tomorrow we're going to be back on our YouTube channel at Put Me Over Podcast on YouTube uh, with our Wrestle Kingdom review and uh, thoughts on on the, the show overall. Like I said, I watched we watched I watched night one. Dick watched part of night one, and I mean it's 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 awesome. So definitely go go to our YouTube channel check that out. Uh, we'll be back next week with a full episode of the Put Me Podcast episode 90, 10 away. We're almost at that hundred. We're mark. almost there, baby. Um, so we'll be back next week. But always remember, we are the new, 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 new world order professional podcasting and we will catch you next week.